Welcome to the new channel sports show on the Leeds Podcast Network. Thank you guys for showing up yet again for another episode of the podcast. On this episode of the podcast, we will talk about the NBA, specifically Kyrie Irving returning to Barclays to play for the first time this season. We'll also talk about the Miami Heat and their kerfuffle this week between Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam. We'll also get into the NFL, talking Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. And also, we'll get into Deshaun Watson singing during his introductory press conference with the Cleveland Browns that he wasn't in it for the money. And I'll let you know right now, we're calling Cap. We heard Carolina, we heard New Orleans, later on we heard Seattle. Cleveland was the very last team to come into place. Miami, we heard Miami at first. So when Cleveland finally came into place, Deshaun was like, you know what? Let me see what they have to offer. Did he go out to see Cleveland, Chris? Chris? Did he physically go to see Cleveland? No, he didn't. I don't think so. Cleveland Cleveland came to to see him. No, I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. (laughs) Cleveland came to see him. He physically went to Atlanta. He said, let me go to Atlanta and see what they're talking about. Right? He went yeah. everywhere else except Cleveland. So Cleveland came over. Cleveland pitched to them why they, he should be there. He said, nah, man, I, I, I don't want to do it, man. I, I can't do it. Right? It's, it's like a, a dude trying to court a girl. He comes to their house. He has his Bro, little I was bitty about ring. to give this same he, scenario. He, <laughs> he has his little bitty ring. Like this little ring. He's like, hey, yeah. come on, you know, be, be my wife. She's like, no, I, I can't do it. He, he leaves, he goes away. Then he's like, man, I really want her. He comes back with this big ass diamond rock thing. He's like, you know what? I see some potential in you now all of a sudden. <laughs> so now Deshaun Watson is walking around with this big rock. And that's the only reason he is in Cleveland, Chris. I, look, he's not fooling anybody. The money was appealing. If I was in, in this situation, I'm not going to lie. I would do the same thing. This, this is the No Channel Sports Show. What is good? This is the new channel sports show on the Leeds Podcast Network. So happy to be back with you all again. As you know, this is this is not a solo dolo, y'all. It's not a solo dolo this week. We have a guy that you knew from the very first episode. And he promised, he said, I'll be back, right? I'll be back. But he never came back. It's like that father that told his kid, children, I'll be back home. And then he straight up dipped. But he's back for the 16th birthday now that we had our glow up. Oh, Inye is in the building. What is good, sir? Man, it's good to finally be back. I like that you made that reference about the father leaving his kids. You know, you know, fathers always <laughs> they always have a, a comeback for that. So it's, you're like the, the the baby mama. That's what you are. So I, I tell my kids, uh, the baby mama didn't want me back, son. So it, it's not my fault. She wouldn't let me see you. I wasn't getting texts from her to come see you. So you know, I, I wasn't getting information. So I couldn't come back on the show, ladies and gentlemen. But it's good to be back. Uh, me and the baby mama have reconciled and, and now I'm back on the least podcast network. It, it feels good. It feels good. 
you are out here bugging. Before we get into the show, you know how we always do want to tell you about the different platforms that we are on. To start off, this is the Leeds Podcast Network. You can check out the Leeds Podcast Network wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, check out the leadsm.com. We can check out amazing articles about the NBA, the WNBA, and some about the NFL as well. You can also check out the other podcasts on the Leeds Podcast Network. Check out free basketball after this show with Daniel and those boys holding it down. You can also check out the new channel Sports Podcast. We've been uploading two to three times a week lately. We've been on fire on that end. You can check us out on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelled in you, channelsports.net, not.com.net. You can check out articles on there as well. We have our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also check us out on Instagram. You can check us out on Twitter. We're doing it there as well. And you can also check out our lovely faces on Afro Vibes TV. We have a weekly show on demand to check that out. You can download the Afro Vibes app on your Roku or on your Amazon Fire Stick. We are out here and let's start now that all the introductions are out of the way with my favorite segment, my favorite thing to do, and it is your headlines. It's time for it's time for headlines. Okay, so headline number one, we've got to start where we should start. We are in the month of March, so it is a perfect place to start with this headline, and we're in the middle of March Madness. One of my big picks to get all the way, I didn't pick them to win, but one of my big picks to get all, go all the way, Baylor was eliminated in the second round, and then I thought this was the year for Mark Few. I really did. They had Chet Holmgren, who's likely going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. They got Timmy with that dope beard he got coming back and they were eliminated by Arkansas so oh let me go to you with, with this um is your bracket somewhat still alive are you still good or are you done now my bracket is still kind of good um I have three uh teams still left in the final four I did have Baylor going to the final four I have Kansas winning it all beating Houston and I did have uh, Baylor on the other side. But, um, you know, it still looks good. Hopefully, Kansas can win so I can win my bracket. I had Duke going up against Baylor on that side. So, hopefully, Kansas can pull it out so I can at least say that I picked the winner of the whole thing. But um, I had Houston versus Kansas and Baylor versus Duke. So, still three of my teams are there. Yeah, so your bracket is not busted yet. Uh, mine is busted. I believed in Gonzaga and they let me down. But I will say this: I do, I did have uh, Houston in the Final Four, so their hope is still alive for at least a portion of my bracket to be good. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that most of the listeners, most of your brackets are busted, so you're probably where I am. Headline number two: We knew this was coming. It was going to happen eventually, but now it has happened. New York City has laxed its vaccine mandates and Kyrie Irving is now allowed to play home games for the Brooklyn Nets. We're going to talk about Kyrie and its impact and what that means for the Eastern Conference later on in this podcast. But for now, my question for you, O.N.E., is are you surprised in any way that Kyrie is now allowed to be back playing in front of the faithful in Brooklyn? No, I'm not surprised at all. They had to go ahead and change it because the rules really weren't fair. He could sit down 
among the fans and everything observed the games and being vaccinated, but he couldn't play and being vaccinated. So it really didn't make any sense. I knew that um, sometime soon they're going to lax up on it, and they did. And so now he gets to play. Are we going to talk more about the Brooklyn Nets in this show, or, or is that going to be it? No, no, we're going to talk about them a lot more on this show. We've okay, got to. cool. Kyrie's cool. back I'll, playing big-time basketball. Yeah, I'll get more in-depth about what I think about that team when we talk later on. Okay, makes sense to me. I agree with you as far as the, the vaccine mandate. It started not making sense. Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought they'd go the whole year, but James Harden must be feeling some type of way right now. And we'll get more into that later on in the show. And today I just wanted to give you all two headlines because we have so much to cover for the rest of the show. I just wanted to give you the two headlines. So that was your headlines. All right, so let's get now into the meat of the show. I like to think of the headlines as the appetizers. So now we get into the meat of the show, and let's start off with the NFL. And I mentioned this in the last podcast that we had. It's insane, right? We are in the month of March. March Madness is going on. The NBA is ramping up for the playoffs, and we are starting off a podcast, at least the, the meat of the podcast, during the middle of March, really towards the end of March, talking about the NFL. The NFL's really changed things up completely, and now they have understood what the NBA understood for so long. If you can stay in the headlines all year, do so. And the NFL's done just that, and we've got to start with none other than Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson was introduced as with the Cleveland Browns, uh, really, I think it was Friday. He was recently introduced with the Cleveland Browns, and he had his press conference. Oh, give me your impressions from that press conference, if you had any impressions, because I got a few, man. Yeah, you know, I think that they did the best that they could with was all what was going on. You know, Deshaun Watson, he said that he didn't have... Anything to do with those allegations, he pretty much uh, pleaded his innocence. Uh, there was a one particular part where I think when a reporter asked him, does he regret anything? And he said he had no regrets. So I think that's going to be a big kind of point that people are going to try to point on as far as the whole press conference as what as what went down. But, you know, to be honest with you, I thought that the Cleveland Browns handled it pretty well. Uh, I think that, you know, maybe as far as you want to rate it, Deshaun Watts probably having me one or two blemishes as far as what he said. Uh, but, you know, this is just the first step in trying to get back to some kind of normalcy, I want to say, as far as what everything is, has gone down. But, um, you know, he, he answered the questions to the best of his ability. He continued to plead that he was innocent. And uh, I don't know what else he could do. You know, honestly, you know, he's still innocent until proven guilty. Right. The allegations against him are heinous, but, you know, you already knew he was going to come up there and say he didn't do it. You knew that already. So I, I didn't see too much in it. So that's my, that's my opinion on it. Well, you, you touched you touched on a couple of things that I, I definitely thought stood out. Number one, for me, the probably the biggest thing was the line that you talked about, the no regrets. That is not going to play well across the country. And it's not going to play well on this podcast. It did, it came off as somebody who it's like he, he looked really polished. He had a suit on. He had the little orange tie, kind of trying to appeal to the colors for the Browns. But that comment is not going to play well across the country. But taking that comment aside, I think what struck me more than anything was the fact that the ownership wasn't available 
with Deshaun Watson, right? So they signed him. They signed off on it. They knew the optics of the situation. And I'll be honest with you, they kind of chickened out, right? Because there was a great opportunity for them to have the photo op with Deshaun saying, we did this research. We did our investigation and we were comfortable with the signing and they didn't do that. They kind of left him uh, a little out there to dry and they had their own Zoom meeting later on in the day. Did you make anything of the Browns ownership not being available for questioning with Deshaun Watson? Because I thought that was a big deal. Uh, We're going to be on two different wavelengths here. I think that the whole press conference was about Deshaun Watson, about his being signed there. And as much as they want to make it a normal press conference, it wasn't a normal press conference. We already know all the drama surrounding Deshaun Watson. So I really didn't I didn't care the owners weren't there. I, I really didn't. No, I didn't want to see the owner's face. We we already know who is the face of the Cleveland Browns. They already signed him. That's done. They gave him guaranteed money. That's done. I really wanted to see what Deshaun Watson was going to say. Because you already knew the kind of questions that were going to throw at him. And um, we did get a little snippet of why he left Houston. He said in his own words that they were going in two separate directions. You know, we're down here in Houston. So I did really want to see, you know, what he was going to say as far as why he left Houston. And no one could blame him. But as far as the owners not being there, I, I really didn't look in too much into it, honestly, Chris. I really didn't. Maybe, maybe now you mentioned it. Maybe I should have. Because the owners are supposed to be there to back you up, right? You're there. You know everything that went down. They're giving you all this guaranteed money. So maybe they should have made a presence. But initially, before you said it, it really didn't ring a bell in my head. Yeah, and I think that's fair. But um, And one of the things I always look at when there's big signings, there's always somebody from ownership around, right? And the Texans kind of started this nonsense when you have a, a, a big deal going on. Your owner's, <clears throat> your owner's not available. And it just smells fishy to me in an already fishy situation. And I will say this. There are a lot of people saying, well, how come Deshaun didn't give us more information about the cases? And it's not he's really not in a position to do that with 22 open and pending cases. So that's kind of they're kind of a Deshaun himself was kind of a rock between the hard place because he couldn't talk too much about the lawsuit. uh, But people wanted to know more information about the lawsuit. And it made for the conference. I think you thought it went better than I did. I thought it came off as a little not, I would say not genuine. Um, and it looked a little bad. The last thing I want to touch on on the conference, and I definitely want your opinion on this. Essentially, they asked him the question, you know, why did you choose the Cleveland Browns? And Deshaun said to my chagrin, well, it had nothing to do with the money. Like, bro, bro, <laughs> bro, bro. It had everything to do with the money. You turned down the Browns. All of a sudden, they came back to the picture because Carolina and I'm assuming some other teams, possibly the Falcons, possibly the Saints, didn't want to guarantee all five years of his deal. And that's why when the Browns came swooping in for that mega deal, he took it. So I think that moment right there, it kind of I had a little moment of a ah, like I was in the, in the crowd because I'll tell you why I had that moment at that moment, because I'm thinking to myself, the one thing he needs to appear as you know, with 22 pending suits, he needs to appear as genuine and as truthful as possible. And that answer for me was like, bro, come on now. We're not stupid. You take it because of the money. I didn't expect him to say, I take it because of the money, but I also didn't expect him to say, oh, I, I enjoyed my conversation with the Haslam family and I'm so happy to be a Cleveland Brown. Like, come on, bro. Really? Yeah. What did he, The way he worded it was he didn't even know about the money until after he decided to go to Cleveland. <laughs> 
that's what he said. Right? Okay, that Am makes I, it worse. And, Let's, that and, makes it worse. That, that, that's what he said. He said he didn't even know anything about the money that he already decided he wanted to go to Cleveland. He wanted to go to Cleveland because they had a good roster, and that was his main reasoning as beside to why he wanted to go to Cleveland. Now, look, man, everybody knows that or from what has been said that he did not go to Carolina because Carolina wasn't going to pick up his, I think, his third and fourth option on his um on his contract, right? And I guess Atlanta and uh what was their team, New Orleans, they may not have guaranteed him all that money. Look, if you're going through what you're going through, and eventually it may come to a situation or a point where you're gonna have to put out some money, and Cleveland's like, we're gonna give you all this guaranteed money, of course it's gonna be in the back of your head as to why you would want to take that deal. Look, since this whole thing started, did we ever hear Cleveland's name, Chris? No, absolutely no. not. We heard Carolina. We heard New Orleans. Later on, we heard Seattle. Cleveland was the very last team to come into place. Miami, we heard Miami at, at first. So when Cleveland finally came into place, Deshaun was like, you know what? Let me see what they have to offer. Did he go out to see Cleveland, Chris? Chris? Did he physically go to see Cleveland? No. He didn't. I don't think Cleveland, so. I, Cleveland, I think Cleveland came, to, came to see him. No, I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Cleveland came to see yeah. him. He physically went to Atlanta. He said, let me go to Atlanta to see what they're talking about. Right? He went yeah. everywhere else except Cleveland. So Cleveland came over. Cleveland pitched to them why they, he should be there. He said, nah, man, I, I, I don't want to do it, man. I, I can't do it. Right? It's, it's like a, a dude trying to court a girl. He comes to their house. He has his Bro, little I was bitty about ring. to give this same scenario. He, he, he has his little bitty <laughs> ring, like this little ring. He's like, hey, yeah. come on, you know, be, be my wife. She's like, no, I can't do it. He he leaves. He goes away. Then he's like, man, I really want her. He comes back with this big ass diamond rock thing. He's like, you know what? I see some potential in you now all of a sudden. <laughs> so now Deshaun Watson is walking around with this big rock. And that's the only reason he is in Cleveland, Chris. I, look, he's not fooling anybody. The money was appealing. If I was in, in this situation, I'm not going to lie. I would do the same thing because now you have a backup plan. You you are giving this man $230 million guaranteed, bro. Yeah. How can you turn that down? Just be honest with us, bro. This, this on camera say, hey, man, yeah, the money was good. I mean, it doesn't look good, <laughs> but let's be honest with us. Please, because if there's any time for you to look like you're an honest person, it is right now. Now I yeah, still now think, is the time. Right. I still think at the end of the day, it's sports, professional sports. And we've had a lot of athletes throughout the history of professional sports that have done some things. And once they start playing some games and winning, people are going to forget about it. I, that's just the way sports is. So as for now, though, he really has to look a certain way. And if I had to give him a grade, though, he did pass. Honestly, he almost blew it with the I have no regrets thing. But I, I give him like a, a B plus. I'm not going to lie. As far as the whole thing that wow. went down. I, I, that's generous. I, if I had to give a grade to that whole thing, I'd give it a C. Um, mm. That includes Deshaun Watson's answers. That includes ownership not being there. Uh, just didn't look good to me. But I'd like to talk a little bit about the football side of things for the Browns. And I'll say this. We had a podcast Earlier this week on the new channel's uh, podcast side of things where we talked about 
uh, Baker Mayfield. He was really a major topic of that show. Uh, and now since we've done that show, we know a little bit of more information about Baker Mayfield's deal. Um, we knew during the show that he was going to get 18 million guaranteed this season, but now it looks like all the other teams in the NFL are simply not even going to trade for him. Some of his options are the Falcons. You think about the, the Seahawks, you think about the lions. And if you're those teams, you're looking at the, 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 the Browns saying, look, You've already paid Deshaun Watson. You're not keeping Baker Mayfield. So, um, oh, and yeah, I pose this question to you. Out of all the teams in the NFL, if Baker Mayfield is cut, right? So let's say they don't come to a trade. If he is cut, if you're Baker Mayfield, what team do you want to go to? Okay, so on that podcast, I was getting ready to mention another team that he could go to. And I had a brain for it at that time for some reason. But now all of a sudden, I remember what team that was because I did hear stories that the Pittsburgh Steelers would be interested in Baker Mayfield if they cut him. So I do think that if he wants to go anywhere, he has to go somewhere where the team is established and they have a good culture. And I do think that Pittsburgh would be a good fit for him, honestly. I think if he were able to go to Pittsburgh and just try to revamp his career over there, that will be option number one for me. Um, I don't think that um, Atlanta will be a good fit for him. I really don't. Uh, Seattle would also be a good fit if he decided to go there. I do like Pete Carroll and what he's able to do there. And he, he was with Russell Wilson. You know, he was with Russell Wilson. Mike Tomlin was with Ben Roethlisberger. So they had two really good quarterbacks in their wing. I think that Baker Mayfield should really, really look into going into one of those two teams, even if it's like he has to do whatever he can to get to those two teams. Because at this point in time, he doesn't want to go to the situation to where he's just kind of just out and about. You know, I think Marcus Mariota is lucky that he's back um, in the starting fold right now because he could have been in that path, if you know what I mean. Like just you had you were the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans for a very long time. You had some disappointing seasons that you got to be in the backup role. If Baker Mayfield does not be careful, where he goes next will determine the rest of his career. He could be the, a backup for the rest of his career after this if he does not pick the right option. Yeah, I agree. Um, I already think he's a backup anyway. So wherever he goes, it, it, he'll play himself into that position um, because that's who he is. But I do agree with you as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers being an interesting option. Because the way I see Baker Mayfield is he kind of wants to be the good guy. I don't know if you guys who listen to podcasts watch Dragon Ball Z, right? I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan, right? So he wants to be Goku. Goku is the, the good guy. He is the consummate good guy. Everybody loves him. He's great. He comes in. He saves the day. I think of Goku like a Russell Wilson. Everybody loves him, right? Everybody loves him. But that's not who Baker Mayfield is. Baker Mayfield is much more like the character arc of a Vegeta, right? He's not really likable, but uh, he has a certain swag to him. And the more you know him, the more you may like him, possibly, potentially. And that's kind of his archetype. And I think what would serve him best is actually going to the Steelers, right? So I agree with you 100% because he gets to play that bad guy, everyone from Cleveland. He gets to stick it to them twice a year. And then he gets to go to play for a guy like Mike Tomlin who simply doesn't lose. The guy does not have a losing season on his resume. So I think the Steelers would be a good option. I think the Seahawks would be a good option. But if he really wanted to start and push somebody, I think the Lions would be a great option for him because 
I'll be honest, I think he can beat out Jared Goff, even if he wasn't trying too hard. Um, and I don't even think that great about Baker Mayfield. I think he could beat out Jared Goff pretty easily. Um, what you think about the Lions as a potential option? I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't like Detroit. <laughs> I, I, if I you was know what you said Mayfield, earlier? What did I say? You know what you said earlier? You said earlier you had a brain fart. I'm used to that. That's what this is. This is a brain fart. It's what you do, bro. <laughs> hey, man. I would, I would, you know, look, man, it's easy for me to say that because I'm not Baker Mayfield, right? Baker Mayfield, at the end of the day, he wants to play football. And if the Detroit Lions are an option for him to go and play football, that's where he's going to go. He can't turn that down. Like, um, what's that guy's name? David Cully said way back when there's 32 teams in the NFL, right? You got to pick one. So he's going to pick one if he has the opportunity to play somewhere. So I do still think that Pittsburgh and Seattle are his best options. I would love to see him play with Mike Tomlin. As much as you don't like um, Baker Mayfield, you got to agree that he's better than Mason Rudolph was back in the day. And I don't remember the other quarterback that they had back there, but he was better than those those two options um, going. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Cleveland. Cleveland had those. Was it Cleveland or was it? Pittsburgh? No, you're right. You're right. This yeah, okay. um, you have another brain fart. Yeah. It's okay. I'm used to that. If, you, if y'all don't know, <laughs> it's okay. You're right. Don't it's definitely that. Mason don't Rudolph. I think if he goes to the Steelers, he is going to start uh, with those quarterbacks that are currently there. He should beat those guys out. I 100% agree with you there. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And if Mike so, Tomlin continues to coach to, to the ability that he's been able to coach to, I look, man, I do feel that that team is – has a playoff potential because they've always had playoff potential, no matter how bad the quarterback play was. Ben Roethlisberger was not a one last year, and they found a way to get to the playoffs. And of course, they got dismantled by the Kansas City Chiefs, but they still went. So I think if Baker Mayfield goes there and they can continue to do what they've been doing as far as trying to establish the run and playing good defense, they could find themselves in the playoffs. But man, that division is tough too, though. So ugh, we'll see. Okay, so let's touch one more topic on the NFL before we transition to the NBA. Um, Earlier in the week, big trade, Tyreek Hill traded to the Dolphins, and the Chiefs received multiple draft picks. I have a question for you, just one question based on that trade. Who will we learn more about during this season? Are we going to learn more about Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill, or are we going to learn more about Tua Tagovailoa with Tyreek Hill? That's an easy one. We're going to learn more about Tua Tagovailoa with Tyreek Hill than we will with Patrick Mahomes without him. I saw a statistic with Patrick Mahomes as far as his record and his touchdown percentages without Tyreek Hill. He has a winning record of 3-1 and one without Tyreek Hill, and he's threw eight touchdowns with zero interceptions. So that's... Patrick Mahomes, and he's playing with Andy Reid. We touched on this a little bit on our podcast that we had on New Channel Sports. Andy Reid is an offensive genius. He's going to find a way to produce. It's not going to be the exact same offense, but we already know that Patrick Mahomes is a very, very, very good quarterback. He's already had a Super Bowl winner under his belt, and so we already know what to expect out of him. It's not like he's going to fall off the face of the earth. Andy Reid's not going to let him do that. So on the other side, you have Tua Tagovailoa. We're going to really learn a lot from him because now he has a lot of weapons. And now this is the the year where people are looking at him and thinking, what can you do to help this team propel? Right. And the coaching staff is there and everybody's there around him. They're going to try to make sure that they're going to kind of still um, 
I want to say, I want to say baby him a little bit because I really don't think they're going to let him just go and do what he has to do at the beginning of the season. It's going to be a gradual progression game in and game out. And then eventually we're going to really see if he is an NFL quarterback. Cause I'm, I'm going to be honest with you from what I've seen right now, he's borderline, not even an NFL quarterback. And I know there's a lot that goes into that as far as injuries and things of that nature. But this is going to be the year to see whether or not he can really produce. If he can't produce this year and it looks like he's not an NFL quarterback, he can see himself not even being the starter for the Miami Dolphin team. They didn't bring Tyreek Hill in so that he can just, you know, not progress. And we're hearing little rumblings about Tom Brady. I don't know if you hear about this little story that Tom Brady is going to Miami or something like that. I don't know how true I, that I've is. I've heard, that, that's I've heard some of the rumblings. I've heard a little bit. I don't buy it because he was already recruiting people to play for Tampa, so I'm not buying those stories at all. But surprise, surprise, we disagree here. And I think this is more about Patrick Mahomes, And but you got to hear out why. We all know Patrick Mahomes is great. He's all world, all that stuff. We get it. But the difference is this. With Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill is kind of like a bailout. Tyreek Hill offers that if all else goes wrong, Tyreek Hill so fast, he will run away from the defense and Patrick Mahomes can find him. Will Patrick Mahomes be able to work every single drive, game in, game out, every single series, every single quarter, be able to work the ball up the field having longer drives? Because Tyreek Hill is your home run, right? You know, Pringle's fast, McCall Hardman is fast, but these guys aren't home run hitters, right? So when you take a guy out of your lineup, right, your proverbial lineup, who's able to get you those home runs, are you able to work it through? And I'll be honest with you, what really hurt Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game was he kept looking for the home run. He wasn't taking what the Bengals were giving to him, and he was putting himself in trouble. Without Tyreek Hill, he may really put himself into trouble. So I think this year is more about Patrick Mahomes, because let's be honest, if they go out and they don't win that division, and if they go out early in the playoffs, people are going to be looking around thinking, yo, y'all could have did better with Tyreek Hill because this never happened with Tyreek Hill. There is extreme pressure on the Chiefs more than people think. I agree with you and I hear about Tua Tagovailoa. There is pressure on him. But I think from even what you just explained, it wouldn't surprise either one of us if he wasn't starting by week six. <laughs> if they replaced him that early, it wouldn't surprise us. So I think it's more about Patrick Mahomes, less about Tua. Well, I'll have to disagree with you. I think that he did get back into that habit that last game, but I think he already proved that he can be patient and drive the ball down the field because after a certain point, what happened in the previous year, teams were saying, okay, we're going to take away that home run for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And during the course of the year, he figured that out and he was able to excel. I think that you might even see him play even better football now that Tyreek Hill is taken away from him. Because now, like you said, he's going to have to, you know, really read the defense and really like kind of dunk and dink his way and be patient in these scoring drives. And I think that you're kind of underestimating the effect that Andy Reid has on this offense. Andy Reid is going to put him in very good situations and he knows that he doesn't have that Tyreek Hill anymore to, you know, quote unquote, bail him out. So I do think he's going to be quite okay. We've seen this with quarterbacks throughout the history in the NFL. They have this big-time wide receiver, and all of a sudden they take that wide receiver away from them, and it forces them to read defenses more. It forces them to go through their progression. So I think – I really do think Patrick Holmes will be okay. I've seen enough of Patrick Holmes to know that he is that guy. Like you said, Tyreek Hill was a weapon. He was a bailout. He's not there no more. You have to adjust. 
we haven't seen anything from Tua Tango Viola. So we have to really see if he can do anything in NFL. Because, you know, like I'm, I'm serious. I think that he is borderline right now to me, not even like an NFL quarterback. This is going to be the year where, whether it's fair or not, all the pressure's on him. Miami has put pressure on him because Tyreek Hill is a big-time wide receiver. He comes over, and now we're like, man, you got to produce this guy. If Tyreek Hill's not playing well, who's going to get the blame? Tua Tango Viola, period. It doesn't matter what's going on because they already know what he was able to do with the best quarterback in the league. That's why I say it's kind of not fair. You bring him over there right now, you're going to expect, and Tyreek Hill's going to expect to produce at the rate that he was at Kansas City. And that's what we're all going to be seeing. If if Tyreek Hill does not does even if he doesn't even come close to what he produced um, in Kansas City, all the blame is going to go to Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, and I I, I guess uh, what I'm saying is sure, but I'm not expecting much regardless. So I think that's where we disagree with Tua. But I don't want to end this podcast without talking about the NBA and. I got to say this. So Kyrie Irving, you know where we're going there. Kyrie Irving is allowed to play. We talked about that in headlines. And Kyrie Irving is very similar to O'Enyi. So Kyrie Irving just missed most of the season talking about, hey, man, can I help on the podcast now? You know what I'm saying? Missed most of the season, but wants to show up late. So here he is, Kyrie Irving. Now he's able to play in the Barclays. The question for you and the question for this podcast is really simple. With Kyrie Irving now available, now returning and able to play in every single game available for the Nets, are the Nets now the top contender in the Eastern Conference to make the NBA Finals? No, I I still don't think that. I think that, as with any sport, chemistry is is very, very important. Uh, We still don't know when or how Ben Simmons will be back in the lineup if, if, if not. So even when you add that particular piece there, it might just be too late, right? Uh, once they all come together, I will say that they're going to be dangerous. And I do know that no one's going to want to face them because if he comes back and he's able to play all the way through the playoffs and they make the playoffs and he builds a chemistry with Kevin Durant, uh, all it really takes for them is to win a couple of games to gain some confidence in that series and they could steal one. I really do believe that. But do I really think that they will go all the way to a championship? No, I don't. I think you need a little bit more time together to play and really get to know one another and fill each other out and build that uh, chemistry so that you can make those long runs into the playoffs. You can go through different situations to see how your teammates react and, and certain things like that. And we also got to remember that, you know, Steve Nash, he's still a young coach so he's still going through some stuff and he's still trying to learn on the fly even though he's been in the nba for a very long time as a head coach he's still young so i don't expect them to go all the way but i do think that they will be a dangerous team go come playoff time yeah i i agree with you here um I still believe the Bucks are the top contenders in the East. I was surprised that you talked about Ben Simmons in your answer because my thoughts on the, on the Nets really doesn't change whether Ben Simmons plays or not. Um, I, I, I agree with what you said about the chemistry and they need the chemistry, but there's something about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant that's a little different, right? We both know. I think we both feel the same way about Steve Nash. He's, he's the coach, but I'm not sure he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, but when you have a guy like a, 
Kyrie Irving and a Kevin Durant who can just straight up play street ball. I mean, a couple, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, they played the Sixers and they just dominated. And if you watched that game, it had nothing to do with running plays. It had nothing to do with running sets. It had everything to do with two guys who know how to hoop, who gets it done. And I'll be honest with you, I'm really struggling with my Bucks pick, the way Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have played together in the last couple of weeks. They seem very upset. I think partially because of the James Harden leaving, and then partially because of the rhetoric around the team. They're playing as if they have something to prove, and that makes them dangerous, and I'm really close to calling them the favorites. I'm not going to do it yet, because I can't disrespect Giannis Antetokounmpo in that way, but I'm close to calling calling them favorites because when you look at the way they can play together, I mean, it's the street ball element. And I know everyone says in the playoffs, you need to have structure, blah, blah, blah. But the difference is there. See, James Harden is a regular season guy where he can play the way he plays in the regular season, but it doesn't necessarily translate all the time in the postseason. But the way Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving play, they can play in the regular season that way. They can play the postseason that way. They can play in your driveway that way. They can do anything. They can do it anywhere at any time. So knowing that, you look at the teams in the in the Eastern Conference, and there's no team that has two guys, talk less one guy, that can pop off like that. So the more and more I'm talking, the more and more I'm leaning towards calling them a top team in the East. So I guess I'll challenge you with this. I've already talked about the Bucks being my team. Perhaps the Bucks are your team as well. But if they're not the top team in the Eastern Conference for you, then who's the top team and where are they? Are we talking they're number two? Are they number three? Or do you have them in a pack with a whole bunch of other teams? Well, I still think the Bucks are the number one team in the um, Eastern Conference. That's that's my, me personally. Um, Chicago's up there, but they've proven that they cannot beat teams with winning records. Uh, Miami's up there, but you know, can they really sustain that come playoff time? You know, I already saw the little, uh, you know, argument or whatever they got into a couple of games ago. We're going to get into that. Right. And talking more about the Brooklyn Nets, I'm one of these guys that, uh, say, you know, you need structure to play. I'm one of those guys, Chris. I do think that I know you have to have. That's why I did that weak voice. I did that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you're, you're you're pushing all my buzz today, but I'm, I'm not going to let you get to me, bro. I'm not going to get to you, man. You know, if, they, if people don't already know, you are a king troll. I'm not going to let you get me today, bro. But anyway, <laughs> yes, man, those two players, when it comes to playing street ball and just creating their own shot, they are two of the best in the entire league. But I do think in a seven-game series come playoff time that you're going to need more production from your role players. And in order for you to get production from your role players, you have to have some kind of chemistry. You have to have some kind of structure in order to get that. So, yeah, they can win a series that way. I do believe that. But they cannot continue to win and go all the way to a championship. That's why I don't see them as a top seed right now. The reason why I think that Ben Simmons is a good part of that is because he can bring some of that balance there. He's not always looking for his own shot. He's going to try to get to the lane, and he's going to pass it out to whoever he wants to pass it out to and get other people involved. If Ben Simmons is a part of the equation, then, Chris, I agree with you 110%. That team is far more than dangerous. They are a top-seeded team because they will have that balance with Ben Simmons there. So it won't be a situation to where it's just Kevin Durant and and Kyrie Irving trying to just carry the whole team to the playoffs based on their scoring. And then people are kind of overlooking that Ben Simmons does play defense, right? It's not A1 defense or anything like that, but he does play a semblance of defense on the other end. And that 
is going to cause whoever that they have on that other squad, that best player, a little bit of problem. So without Ben Simmons, no, I don't think so. But with those two guys there by themselves, I, I, I think they're middle of the pack. I really do. I don't think that they're a top seed. They're definitely not better than the Milwaukee Bucks. No way. I can't do that. Ooh, we disagree a little bit. Uh, at the end of the day, we still do have them virtually in the same place. I think our rhetoric is a little different in how we get there. Uh, I'm definitely not counting on Ben Simmons to play. Um, just There's too many reports. Is he going to play? He has back issues. There's too many things going on. So I'm not even, Honestly, I hadn't considered him. Uh, but before we close out this podcast, I did want to touch on the Miami Heat. You touched on it a little bit earlier in the week. Uh, Miami Heat's main guy. Udonis Haslam got into it with their main guy <laughs> there. And it was just kind of alarming to me that the Miami Heat seemed to be imploding at the worst possible time. Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam getting into it. It could go either way. It could be a great thing for that team where it leads them to great success and they kind of go through it. Or it could be a bad thing where they regress and end up not being in a position where they want to be heading into the playoffs. What do you make of that? And do you think it's going to be a net positive for them towards the playoffs? Or do you see it how more like I see it? Because I saw it as a net negative. It, it, to me, they're trending in the wrong direction. It's Jimmy Butler though, right? I think that whenever you have a guy like that on that team who is so emotional and who, who plays the way that he plays. Look at what he did in Minnesota, right? When he was in Minnesota, he rubbed everybody the wrong way, and eventually he didn't want to be there anymore because he felt like they weren't as tough as he was. And then after that, he went to, I believe, was it uh, uh, Chicago? Philadelphia. Philadelphia, right? And they called him one of the greatest teammates that they ever had. So you already know what you get out of Jimmy Butler. I think that this might actually be a good thing for them. You know, of course, we just we just cannot agree on anything, Chris. I think that going into that, I think that Spolstra saw that because Spolstra was going, he was going buck on the sidelines. I have never seen it like that. I think he knew that this might be an opportunity to get his team riled up because they were already going on a downward spiral before that happened. This is was as a result of the downward spiral. So they may have needed something like that, do some kind of team meeting where everybody gets together. Let's let it all out so they can correct everything and try to get back on track. So I look at it as a positive thing for the Miami Heat. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that would be a good place to put a bow on this podcast. Um, first of all, I want to thank O'Eni for coming by and stopping by and just gracing us with his presence, you know? He's yeah, like that I just, dad. I, 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 want, I want to thank you for letting me see my kids finally, bro. I just, I really want to, I, I really <laughs> but you appreciate you know what? That. You're that dad that showed up with no toys, no gifts. <laughs> Hey, of course, of course, I'll let the listeners decide that because I think I dropped a lot of gems. So I think the listeners could probably, probably say I, I brought some toys. Oh, that's funny. Guys, we want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the new channel sports show on the Leeds Podcast Network. Uh, check out all the other shows on the Leeds Podcast Network. Uh, you can check them out whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast. Shout out to Free Basketball coming up after this podcast. We also want to tell you to check out TheLeadSM.com to check out the articles and everything that The Lead has going on. You can also check out the new Channel Sports Podcast where we're holding it down each and every single week. Two to three episodes, two to three podcasts a week, and they have been fire lately. If you like what you heard here, then you might as well go check us out there, dog. All right. So check us out there as well. You can check out our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelled in you channelsports.net, not dot com, dot 
Net. You can also check out our lovely faces on Afro Vibes TV. Check out Afro Vibes TV where we are on demand, on camera, each and every single week. If you have a tablet, check us out there. If it's on a phone, check us out there. If you have your television, you can even check us out there. Download the Afro Vibes TV app on your Amazon Fire Stick or on your Roku. Thank you all for listening. As I always end each and every single podcast, stay safe, y'all. Please stay safe. Peace. Thanks for listening to the new Channel Sports Podcast. If you like the show, feel free to leave a comment and a five-star rating. Your support is very much appreciated. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelt in you, channelsports.net. Got a sports-related question for the crew? Just leave a voicemail on our website. Till next time, have a good one and stay safe out there.